Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable if you do the work. Being Boss is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs brought to you by Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Hi, I'm Emily, and I own Indie Shopography, where I help passionate entrepreneurs establish and grow their business online by helping them build brands that attract and websites that sell. I help my clients launch their business so they can do more of what they love and make money doing it. And I'm Kathleen. I'm the co-owner of Braid Creative, where I specialize in branding and business visioning for creative entrepreneurs who want to blend who they are with what they do, narrow in on their core genius, and shape their content so they can position themselves as experts to attract more dream clients. And Being Boss is a podcast where we're talking shop, giving you a peek behind the scenes of what it takes to build a business, interviewing other working creatives, and figuring it out as we go right there with you. Check out our archives at lovebeingboss.com. Welcome to episode number 44. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Emily and I are back from our New Orleans trip, and today we're going to share what we learned while on vacation with 75 other bosses. So I recently asked our Facebook group to fill in the blank here. Money is blank. So think about that for a second. What is your answer? Money is... So a lot of our bosses in the Facebook group said things like money is a necessary evil, and some even said money is freedom. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I believe money is energy. And it's just a way to easily measure compensation. I think money is really emotional, but also super practical. So today I want to encourage you to think about money from a more objective place, but also notice how you feel about it and dig a little bit deeper into those feelings. I also want to encourage you to get real and just crunch the numbers. I use FreshBooks to do this in my own business, and I want to invite you to do the same. FreshBooks is an easy-to-use online cloud accounting designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs who have all sorts of feelings about money but ultimately want to get paid doing what they love. Try FreshBooks for free today. Go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and select being boss in the how did you hear about us section. All right, on to our show. Today we're talking all about New Orleans. Emily. Yeah. <laughs> we had so much fun. Oh my God. I feel like... Okay, so this legitimately happened multiple times. I'm walking around with my sunglasses on. And one, I love New Orleans. Like, it is a part of me in a way that I cannot explain to people. And walking around New Orleans, which I love anyway, but then being there with all of you guys and having these people be so jazzed and excited and open, I cried multiple times. Literally just walking down the street, I'd start tearing up and was so grateful that I had sunglasses on. Um, but it was, it was absolutely magical. And you're not really a crier, are you? I, as I'm getting older, I cry about everything. <laughs> Traditionally not a crier, but certainly over the past couple of years, it doesn't take much these days, um, which makes it really hard to watch TV with people because sometimes commercials just get me. 
<laughs> Truth. So, yes, a little bit of a crier. It's probably it's probably a little more surprising that not more people saw me cry. Um, but it was it was just it was super emotional. It wasn't like sadness, obviously, or anything. It was just like happiness and like so impressed with us and what we've done. And then all of these people who came to enjoy it with us. Yeah, I was impressed by all the bosses who were showing up. And so that's one thing that I just wanted to make note of whenever it comes to New Orleans and what that experience meant. I think that our Facebook group is great and the emailing back and forth and even the Skyping, but there is a certain kind of magic that happens whenever you get a bunch of bosses in the same room together. And so I felt that happen over coffee and conversations. Um, I felt that happen in smaller groups or get togethers. But whenever you get 75 of us together, it was amplified and it was explosive. So that was pretty incredible. I don't really know how to describe it. Um, it was energizing. I think it was just energizing. Like I've I've been to big things. Like you and I have both been to Alt Summit and I've been been to conferences and and just sort of these gatherings of people. And it was it's usually draining. Like those things usually drain me so much. And, but this one I left and we were just talking about this. Like neither of us have crashed yet. <laughs> like we, I would expect me to crash. I didn't sleep for basically a week and we went and went and went the entire time. Yes, we did. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I feel fine. Like it was so energizing to be around so many people being so open and so happy to be there with everyone. The, the first night you didn't go to this one, but, um, we even had other bosses like putting together little events, like before it actually started, uh, one of the bosses put together like a dinner for some of us and we went and, um, and someone brought swag. Like I got new swag at an event that we put on. And so even like them picking up and, and making it better for everyone, um, it was just literally the most giving, energized, amazing event I have ever been to. And I'm saying this as a coordinator, like I'm supposed to be coming back dead. <laughs> and I don't feel that way at all. You know, sometimes I go to events and I come home inspired, but also feeling like I have so much work to do. And I'm sure that a lot of the bosses attending felt that way too. And even, I guess I feel that way a little bit too, but not in like a, I'm not good enough kind of way, because I think that everyone was just lifting each other up and supporting each other in our own creative endeavors so much that I feel like I have a lot of work to do, but that I can actually do it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm not doing enough. I just feel inspired to keep doing what I'm doing, which I think is a very important differentiation because usually whenever I go to big events, I've come back thinking, my God, I'm not doing anything right sort of thing where, you know, I should be doing more blogging or I should be doing more social media or why the hell don't I have blog sponsors or whatever. But instead of coming back feeling like I'm missing so many pieces of the puzzle and, you know, feeling inspired to do them, I'm coming back knowing that what I'm doing is badass and amazing and I just need to keep going. And I hope all of our bosses that came feel that way, but then also the bosses that weren't there. I hope that they all feel that way listening to this show. And I think that's the spirit of 
what we've been trying to create this whole time is just that we're all in it together and that we all do a better job whenever we're helping each other out um, and collaborating than whenever we're trying to just do it in a vacuum. So one of the things that you mentioned that I kind of want to touch on is feeling energized versus feeling drained. And a theme that I saw come up a lot over the Being Boss New Orleans vacation was this theme of people kind of labeling themselves introverts or extroverts. And it's something that comes up in the Facebook group a lot too. And I feel like a lot of us bosses who are running online businesses are in fact introverts. Um, so Emily, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I am an extroverted introvert. <laughs> um, what does that mean? <laughs> it means like I, I need I need my alone time. I need to I'm, I'm very withdrawn, I think, with a lot of things. But I'm also super capable of being outgoing and out in the middle of it and, and just sort of doing what I need to do. Um, I don't know. It's I hate those labels a ton. Like there is nothing more. There's few things that are more of a turnoff to me than people who introduce themselves and then immediately tell me if they are an introvert as an ex or an extrovert. Like I almost feel like they use it as an excuse for being the way they are instead of just being the way they are. So that's sort of my view on that. Um, but I am a bit, I am a bit of an introvert and, but I don't let that keep me from getting out there when I need to. Um, I recently, so I always thought that being an extrovert just meant that you have a wild and big personality. And then I thought that being an introvert kind of met, meant that you were maybe quiet and shy. But I recently learned that the difference between introverts and extroverts, it's really just in how you get energy. So I used to think that I was probably exactly 50-50, but as I'm getting older, I'm learning that I'm definitely an extrovert because I get energy from being around other people and hopefully not in a vampire way. So there are like vampires who <laughs> drain your energy oh. by just kind of like taking, taking, taking. Uh -huh. And I think that we've all had uh, friends or frenemies like that before that just kind of take, take, take. Um, but for me, I'm lifted up and I get energy by hearing what other creatives are doing, what they're passionate about, what they're excited about, um, or just going out and having fun. It definitely fills me up. Now, granted, whenever we're on Bourbon Street, surrounded by five bajillion drunk people yeah. having a blast, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is this what introverts feel like all the time? Because Basically. it was a bit overwhelming. Yeah. So Bourbon Street was amazing. I was, so we, I spent seven, I spent a week in New Orleans. You were there for five days. I mm -hmm. think, and I was very proud. I was very proud of me for not getting drunk more than I did, quite honestly. Because um, New Orleans is usually a place where I just go and really let it loose. But we had so many, like, boss things going on that we didn't... Um, we all kept it relatively tame until that last night. <laughs> so let's talk about that last night. So I, I keep sending Kathleen photos. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> One at a time of these really great photos and videos that were captured that I'm sure she don't remember. I, I, I have a couple more for you that I'll be sending sending over the next couple of days. Um, Maybe we should post them in the Facebook group after this episode goes live. I certainly think so. I All right. If you want to see some of our secret photos from the trip, <laughs> sign up. 
in our Facebook group. Yeah, we're going to put a couple because they are magical. So we, uh, what do we do? We got done with dinner that night and dinner was fantastic. Was that dinner night? No, no, that, that was, was ghost tour night. That was ghost tour okay, night. Okay, so let's begin with the ghost tour. The ghost tour was <laughs> amazing. We went, uh, we got what, Lord Lord Chaz of the Underworld to do our ghost tour. And he was impeccable. Like, what an entertaining, like, two hours. Um, Hilarious. It was so much fun. Um, I almost got my so, wait, can I in, too. <laughs> can I, t- let me tell this story first. So, first... We're meeting up, all 75 of us, at a bar to go on the tour, and they were kind of splitting us up, and I feel like I got there after a lot of other people did, so I'm going up to the bar to get my drink, and all of a sudden, I see a friend that I had from whenever I was a little kid, and we used to do the medieval fair together, so that might that's something that a lot of people don't know, is I used to be a medieval fair nerd. I was too. <laughs> But, like, were you performing in the medieval fair? Um, no. Or would you just dress up and go? I'd dress up and go. My my mom usually had a booth, and I worked at someone else's booth at one point. Like, I was I was a merchant. Okay, so this is interesting, too. I'm going to out another one of my friends as being a medieval fair <laughs> nerd is Meg Keen from A Practical no Wedding. Way. So, yeah, we totally bonded over this at Alt Summit one year, and she <laughs> told me that working as a merchant. I want to say her family worked as a merchant uh-huh. at a medieval fair, a Renaissance fair. And she actually built her entire business model for a practical wedding around the same concepts that she learned working at the medieval fair. Isn't that I wild? I love that story. So it's kind of like looking at how merchants at the medieval fair are actually a part of the experience. And she's really done that with her um, sponsors and partners in a practical wedding, which I just think is so fascinating. That's like the coolest founding story ever. So anyway, I started, uh, doing the medieval fair whenever I was around eight years old and I learned how to juggle whenever I was very young. And I actually taught my brother who is now a sideshow performer how to juggle. And he quickly went on to learning how to juggle cleavers and chainsaws and fire and all sorts of crazy things. But anyway, so I see my friend Vivian And it was her first night of leading the ghost tour and she was so, so nervous. And then we locked eyes and she told me whenever she saw me, okay, everything's going to be okay. It was just a totally kismet moment for her to be seeing me from going from a little kid to being a total boss and then me seeing her, you know, leading this ghost tour. It was just was really incredible and magical. It was awesome. Oh, so, I really have yeah. Chills. yeah. It was fun. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I got my drink and Yes. We well, went on Lord Chad bought me a drink. So, I get to go mm-hmm. up there. See, I feel like you got special treatment cuz your name was on the contract. I did. I I totally <laughs> did. Like we got wine in our room one night, which I still have that. We can still split that one day. And who was that from? The hotel? Um, so that was from the hotel. But no, Lord Chaz got me a drink and we sat and chatted for a while. Um, and then we split up the group. So I, I was the one who like gave like some people tickets and then they left and then everyone else went with the last group. And we started this crazy, crazy awesome tour where we get entertained by these like really horrific stories of <laughs> basically <laughs> of things that happened in the French quarter around the French quarter, um, you know, years ago. And, uh, so it was really entertaining. Loved that. And then, so we're all jazzed up. And by that point I was, I was getting kind of lit. <laughs> 
<laughs> because I had uh, I had went up to um, Lafitte's bar, which is up uh, like what is it Lafitte's blacksmith shop, which is the oldest bar in the country. That bar that we stopped at in the middle of oh, yeah, yeah. in the middle of the ghost tour is the oldest bar in the country. Um, and so end of tour, we all head out to Bourbon Street. And uh, there was, a, I guess, a smaller group of us who found this bar and, and danced the night away a little bit. Well, okay. At one point, I don't think any of us had eaten dinner. So right. I was starving and also drunk and wanted some pizza. So oh, yeah. one of the locals <laughs> was like, I'm going to take you to pizza. And okay, here's the deal. I'm used to eating fancy pizza. Like, this is not fancy pizza. $25 pies, you know, interesting combinations um, made with flour from Italy. Like, really nice pizza. This was like the equivalent this is okay, so, pizza. So she grabs our hands, and we're all just like grabbing each other's hands and weaving our way through a mass of drunk people. It was almost like zombie apocalypse. Basically. But. Drunk frat boys. And what is the difference? <laughs> right, really? What is the difference? So um, we end up in this place. It's kind of like, I don't even know how you would describe it. It's almost like a convenience store slash. It's meant to get pizza court. into drunk people quickly. Like. So that, and that's exactly what happened. Right. So we're all in line getting really cheap pizza, but I swear to God, it was the best slice of pizza I've ever had in my life. And the music was actually really good. So I so didn't we get started, pizza. I just danced in the middle of the pizza place. We were just dancing. <laughs> all of us just dancing. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was kind of a lost in translation moment, which is my favorite yes. movie of all time. Yes. Well, so so I have to tell you about what I ate, though, because I did not eat that pizza. So before the ghost tour, um, I had went on a walk through, like, I guess the northeast western part of the French Quarter with Erica Midkiff. Like her and I just went out for a stroll. We went up to Lafitte's and got a drink. And then on the way back, she hadn't had dinner yet. And I hadn't either, though. I ate so much food this past. Like, I could have not eaten and would have been fine. Um, But I knew that there were going to be drinks and I needed some food in my gut. So we turned the corner onto Bourbon and the universe hands us a hot dog truck. And it was one of those things where we both see it because we were both like, okay, we need to pick up some food before we go to this ghost tour. Like, what are we going to do? There's lines everywhere. And then there's the, this hot dog vendor. And we're like, thank you, universe. This is fantastic. And we walk up and we're talking to this man and he is a crazy person. He starts telling us about how he killed a man the week before by picking him up and breaking his neck. And Eric and I are just sitting there going, oh, Okay. That's, I guess we know not to mess with you. Like, how do you have that conversation? Because he's being very aggressive about it. Like, you don't want to mess with me. I killed a man last week. And we're just like, uh. Wait, and uh, well, like, like, you guys went up and we're all, give me a hot dog now. And he's like, you Honestly, don't want to mess I with me. Honestly, I don't remember how this conversation, like, yes, I want a hot dog. And he goes into the story about how he kills a man. And so then he hands us a hot dog. I don't know what was in that hot dog. It could have been a man dog, but we ate it and it wasn't horrible. And now I have a really great story of a crazy man at a hot dog stand. I would not have eaten that hot dog. I was really hungry and it was really good. So yay, man dog. Um, So anyway, so you guys. That's disgusting. 
So I have my hot dog. You guys have pizza. We're we're dancing in the middle of of this pizza store, and then we go find a bar, and then we just dance it up there. We have this really great video of Kathleen feeding me popcorn, which yay for them to have okay. popcorn. But wait, hang on. Before the popcorn, we're out on the balcony. Did we do that bar. first? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have never experienced Bourbon Street. Right. The whole Girls Gone Wild situation. Right. So we're on this balcony, and Emily all of a sudden has, like, a bag of bees (laughs) that just manifested from nowhere. (laughs) And she's all, hey, ladies! (laughs) Ladies! And I was like, oh, my God, this is so degrading. It's so like the, the up. feminist in me was dying. I, I know. I was telling someone about that. Then I, I was like, I can't believe Kathleen did that. Like she, she's got some feminist in her, and that couldn't have been happy in that situation. No, not at all. So then, but so like it. people are walking by. So then I decided to start yelling at the guys, and I'm like, Hey guys! And they stop, and they're like, Hey! And they'll like do the motion to lift up. My shirt, like they were wanting me on the balcony to yeah, lift up my not shirt. How it works. Yeah, and so I was like, "Oh no, no, no!" So then, when I was trying to do my goal was to get two straight guys to make out. Oh yeah. So then I kept on saying, "No, make out. You two make out," <laughs> and they'd be like, "What? No." Ugh. So um, that was kind of fun. No dudes made out. A lot of girls flashed their boobs. It was very uh, degrading and sexist, but also a really good time. Amen to that. I know it's 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 really funny. A friend of mine has has a balcony in downtown uh, in downtown Florence, and we always joke about like we should go get some beads and totally do this. You <laughs> cannot do that in any other city in the world. Like, uh, okay, here's why I I'm okay with what happened that night on yes. Bourbon Street. Have, have you had an internal conversation about this, Kathleen? I have. have you felt I bad have. about it? Okay, tell I me. Have. Tell me because like everyone is in on it. If you are a woman on Bourbon Street, you know what kind of environment you're going in. And no one's making you do anything. Right. And it's like fun. Like everyone is just kind of in on the joke, if that makes sense. It's not like you're walking down the street and being harassed by construction workers or random dudes. Like you kind of know what you're getting into. You go there to do that on some level. And and then I also want to mention actually – Beyond the guys asking you to flash them, everyone was actually, especially the guys, the atmosphere in New Orleans, at least from my experience, everyone was really respectful. Oh, yeah. Or, like, really funny whenever they would hit on you. It wasn't just the typical, like, hey, lady. It was, like, I don't know, funny and and nice and respectful. So even on Bourbon Street, I never once got felt up or, you know, like nothing truly offensive happened. I've I've been to New Orleans and Bourbon Street every year for the past three years. And I've been once or twice before the past three years. And though I know things like that happen, I have never felt unsafe or like something inappropriate was happening around me. Um, 
or especially to me. And so, yeah, for that reason, like I never would have taken people out if I was afraid someone was going to get raped or something like that just would not have been a thing. Um, but it's so because, I'm sure that hasn't been everyone's experience. I'm sure it hasn't been numbers. either, but, but even on this trip, and that was one of the things that I was so, so happy and impressed with was because we were somewhere so like kind of crazy. I just knew we were going to end up like having someone like just get crazy shit face drunk or something really crazy. Uh, someone did. But one person did, but she was totally <laughs> taken care of. And you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, man, it was so entertaining though. And, um, nothing happened. Like it was a completely and utterly safe and happy trip. And it's something that, that I am super grateful for. And part of it's like, part of it is, is certainly new Orleans in this, like this, vibe that's there that I just attribute so much to but then also we just had such a great group of people um that it went swimmingly so let's talk about that a little bit New Orleans and the vibe and having 75 bosses together the biggest theme and the biggest takeaway that I started to see unfold on the trip was this theme of magic and spirituality and intuition man these girls are woo woo as fuck (laughs) like on this hysterical amazing level and like it really made me want to like almost like i don't know fly my freak flag a little higher like knowing that so many of these girls had come and like not intending it to happen this way but i think the the time you shared the story about you going and getting your your readings done Everyone who, everyone, I would say, I would say easily 75% of the people who were there either got their tarot cards read or went to see a psychic or just something a little woo-woo or like went and bought crystals and tarot cards. Like these guys are in it and I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah. So did you get a reading at all while you were there? I did. I went my last day. I went and saw Velvet in Jackson Square, which is a girl that, um, like a tarot card reader that a bunch of the girls went to. And and I got my cards read and it was, it was magical. (laughs) What, What did they, what did she say? Mm, my favorite part, my favorite part was that like, I'm a very, very like sweet, kind person. That's the part that I think a lot of people see. I know, but that I have an inner ghetto girl that will take care of me. And I was like, that's totally me. Loved it. And then you went, you went and saw. Yeah. So I saw, um, Jessica at Earth Odyssey. Uh A few people went and saw her. And she was 26 years old and so good at what she does. So what I really liked about her is um, she was just kind of, for lack of better words, just a little more plain Jane. Like she wasn't like what you would expect a tarot card reader to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she was really, she just laid out the cards and told me what she saw, but used a little bit of blend of like, here are the facts. Here's what I'm reading. Here's what I'm seeing. But then also a little bit of intuition. Um, so, so whenever she laid out the cards that I had picked from this tarot deck, one of the things that she really saw was that I have really strong lead- leadership qualities and decisiveness, which is true. And okay. So sometimes whenever I'm having this stuff done, I'm like, well, duh. You know, and then I think, well, but that wouldn't be true for everyone if just anyone had gotten those cards. So anyway, one of the things that came up, though, 
was this idea that, well, one, she said in three to four months, we're going to have a project that is just amazing and awesome. So oh, I'm excited about what that might be. Yeah. Um, and part of our goal in going into this weekend for you and I was figuring out what we want to create next. So we'll have to talk about that in a minute. But um, she also, um, there was this also blend of having to sacrifice something to have maybe a little more time at home or to, to embrace my role as a mom. And so it was interesting because she goes, I would never ever tell anyone this because it's self care first and foremost, take care of yourself. But there is something that's got to go. You have to let go of something. It might even be letting go of some of your desires in order to feel really good where you actually are. And so he bought the truth. Oh, that's heavy. I know. So it was interesting. And then after that, I bought a bunch of crystals to aid me in that. But I, I think that one thing that came up for me, a big thing that came up for me in New Orleans was I've always believed in magic and the mystery and the universe and all of that. I did have a brief stint as an atheist, but you know, or even a longer stint as an agnostic. But I think that the big thing that's coming up for me now is that for me, my spirituality has always been just kind of this fun thing on the side, you know, whether that's crystals or tarot or meditation, um, or even the celebrations and rituals that I have in my life. It's always just been the fun thing on the side. And I think that what I really learned from this trip is that I really want to integrate that into the way I live my life. So that was my biggest takeaway and something I'm really going to start focusing on. I love that. How are you going to do that? Um, I'm not sure yet. Good. I think, I think for me, it's actually just this big issue of um, faith especially in the face of uncertainty. Right. And I've talked about this before on a mini so that I noticed that a lot of the really successful creative entrepreneurs that I see have this faith in something, whether you're a Christian, a Buddhist, you know, an agnostic that just has a, a strong rooted faith in your own groundedness. Um, this, this element of faith really fascinates me and it's something that I'm ready to live. And Oh, I'm reading Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big mm -hmm. Magic, right now. And she talks a lot about spirituality and creativity and faith. And so I'm really excited to see what I learn there. No, but I, I think that's wonderful. So during I, – I kind of feel the same way. I had a stint as agnostic. And at this point, I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend like I know by any means anything. Um, but that was something that came up a lot for me. So the Monday – Monday – I went to see Gary V talk and um, it was a really, really great talk. Like I had super mixed feelings about Gary V um, and then hearing him speak local or here in Chattanooga and like seeing him live totally kind of fell in love with him a little bit. Um, and part of it, and he, he never used the words, but he talked extensively about, about his intuition without actually saying the words intuition. Like he he may not have been comfortable enough actually calling it that. Um, 
But it was something that I picked up and really made me think a lot about it. And it was a conversation that I had extensively with some of the girls one night um, at dinner was this idea of like how your intuition plays into everything that you do, but also how it makes you a stronger entrepreneur. Um, And Gary Vee has obviously proven that his creepy intuition has made him super successful at what he does. Um, And it's something that I attribute a lot of what, what I have done to my intuition and this sort of like gut feeling to keep going even when you don't want to go and um and then whenever I was in my reading, in my tarot reading, that was something that came up, this idea of like, now more than ever, I'm really getting in touch with my spirituality and all that jazz. And again, I don't know what I'm going to do with mine either at the moment. Um, but but it is it is something that I think came up for a lot of people while we were there. Um, and what a funny place, like <laughs> somewhere as backwards and crazy as Bourbon Street, we all found our spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it was a thing like we had so much fun talking about talking about crystals and and getting our tarot cards read. I had several people asking me, you know, where I had picked up some tarot cards. I um, one of the girls, whenever I left, like gave me a crystal she had bought me like just really amazing things like that. Um, it came up for a lot of us. I believe in magic. I think that weekend or that whole week for me was like one of those magical turning points in my life where I both gained insane clarity on multiple fronts in my life, um, but also opened up the doors to all kinds of fun opportunities that like, I don't, New Orleans was magic. But you know, I want to say something for the people that weren't at New Orleans and might have some FOMO right now, which is fear of missing out. <laughs> you missed um, out. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was in... I mean, probably about a month ago, really this last year and a half has been a little low for me. I mean, definitely I have high moments, but there's been some darker times. And about a month ago, I was like, I just want things to feel magical again. And I, I want to say I even said it out loud. So I really asked for it. And I feel like I asked for this weekend to be magical. And it's funny because going into it, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, it could have crashed and burned and you know, we learn and we go, but, um, but I had asked for, I had asked to see the magic. Like I want to see it and I saw it and I felt it in New Orleans and I just want to figure out a way to continue to see it and feel it in my everyday life. So if there's something that you want, if you want to see the magic, ask for it and just see where it comes up and how it shows up for you. Yeah, but then also also recognize it. Like I feel like so many people go through life without realizing that they're getting the things that they ask for. Um, and I, I think that that was one of the magical things about having us all together was, you know, I've been to New Orleans, like I've done that. Um, and I could have went into this weekend with like, with my head like filled with hotel issues or with this, you know, sadness that I had left a home that I just bought and I was really sad to like leave for the first time ever. Um, and Or even being like overly concerned with if everyone was having a good time or Yes. Not. Oh, yeah. That could have certainly been a trap that we fell into. But instead, we both like sat back and watched it happen. We were able to recognize and open enough to understand that the things that we've asked for, we totally got. And I, there is not a drop of appreciation that's going, um, that's going to fly under the radar here. Hi, guys. Emily here with a bit of a confession. 
I may be a total boss and even have a geography degree in my pocket, but I suck at time zones. I couldn't tell you the number of times I've showed up an hour late or early for client meetings because I simply cannot wrap my head around who's an hour ahead, who's an hour behind, and what that even means. And bless my soul when I book an international client. My calendar wrangler, Chris, cannot glare at me enough. That is until we started using Acuity Scheduling to set meetings with our clients at Indie Shopography. Their automatic time zone detection and conversion has saved my goat more than once, and I'm grateful that I never again have to laugh off my geographic incompetence or apologize for being late ever again. Schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. Sign up for your free trial of Scheduling Sanity at acuityscheduling.com slash beingboss. Now let's get back at it. What else did you learn about yourself in New Orleans? Oh, I've learned that I need New Orleans in my life. <laughs> and and maybe not even just New Orleans, except, except I will go to New Orleans until it is underwater, which is a thing that will probably end up happening Wait, in a couple what? of decades. Oh, global warming is the thing. <laughs> Water is rising. New Orleans is under sea level. Like at some point that's probably going to happen again. So I I was in New Orleans. Uh, I was in Mobile whenever Katrina happened. I, we had went to Mardi Gras in 05, like before we were of legal drinking age. I was totally DD. Um, and we did Mardi Gras on Bourbon Street when I was like, 19, I guess. I mean, I can't even imagine. Bourbon Street just on a Saturday night was insane. So I can't even imagine Mardi Gras. It's crazy. I had to go home and, and, and throw away my pants. Like, they were so <laughs> disgusting. I had to go home and throw away my pants. It was it was the most crazy thing I had ever, I had ever been to. Um, and it made me love that city a ton. So that was the first time I had ever been. That was a year before Katrina hit. Um, Katrina hit the, no, that Katrina hit six months later. Um, and then we went back to New Orleans while, you know, living in Mobile. Um, the year after, so one year after Katrina, it was the weekend that the aquarium opened back up, which we stayed right next door to the aquarium this past week. Um, and it was a completely different place. Like the quarter was empty like a year later and it was still absolutely empty. And it was the most gut wrenching thing I had ever seen. And, um, then we moved from mobile and we didn't go back, um, for a couple of years. And then three or two years ago, we, um, we went for my birthday. It was me and a couple of friends and David, and it was the best weekend ever. So we recreated last year. And then again, this year, like, New Orleans is necessary for me. And I don't know if it's like a culmination of like that weird time in college and the crazy disaster that it went through and how it has rebuilt in a way that blows my mind. But the microculture that is created in, in especially the French Quarter of New Orleans gives me energy in a way I cannot explain. I mean, I had never seen you like that before. <laughs> I belong there. Like, like Dave and I have... My second house, which will happen, saying this out loud to many people, I will own a home in New Orleans at some point and probably not for very long, um, but I absolutely will. I will live there for some portion of my life um, and just sort of take it all in. So for me, it really made me realize that 
whether it's New Orleans, which is important to me, or or just anywhere else. Like Mikey and I, you know, flew off to New York earlier this um, earlier this year. Like doing things like that. Like I need some element of like staying wild in my life and like getting into the jive of being a creative entrepreneur and being super responsible and you know doing all these adult things. I have to pair that with legitimately letting it loose sometimes. And I'm glad that this time my letting loose was in the middle of this crazy thing that we had planned and organized with 75 people. And I got to share it with all of these friends and an event that went off swimmingly. So like pairing super responsibility with really letting it go um, was something that I realized is very important in my life and not impossible things to pair together very well. <laughs> All right. So do you want to have another being boss vacation? Nah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I, we have already had emails and like, and messages from people who want to know the next one. There was one, someone who emailed, I was like, where can I give you my money? Like, I don't even know or care. We what do you think about do doing, it. what do you think about doing two a year? I think I think we can swing that hardcore. Do you want to? Absolutely want to. Do you want to? I do. Good. So okay, let's talk about style. Style yeah. of event. Um, because I loved this. I know, and you know what's so funny is that I had the hardest time explaining to people what it was. And this is my job as a living is helping people explain what it is that they're doing. But I didn't know if it was a vacation or a retreat or a conference because we had originally planned it just as a vacation that right. you and I would be going on and we would see if anyone else showed up. Well, whenever 75 people show up, that's almost a conference. Right. So, but, but it wasn't a conference. It wasn't. It was so, so I, I think it was a boss vacation and I like calling it a boss vacation because it pairs this idea of like this idea of work with something that is a vacation, which is what we did. We had two events. I mean, there were about, what, four hours a day, two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening. That was like organized being boss event. And then everything in between was just people wandering the city and going on their own adventures. And like, even someone said to me, like, I don't want, I'm so glad this wasn't a conference because you pay to go to a city that you never leave the hotel to go see. And like, I never want that to be the thing. Like my, like one of the cores of my being is this necessity to travel and, and roam streets. It is one of my favorite things to do is just go out into a city and roam the streets. And I know that I'm never going to plan an event where I'm not free to do that. Because even though we plan this and we put this on and we coordinate and we were there, you know, we did the bags, we made sure everyone was happy. I went out and I wandered. I had plenty of time where I could enjoy this vacation just as much as everyone else. And I can imagine that putting on something a little more hardcore, I would not enjoy it near as much as I enjoyed this. I don't think I would either. And that's not to say that maybe in five years or who am I kidding? Maybe in two years we'll have a being boss conference. Right. But I think that we should always have, well, I mean, if it's like this, we should always have boss vacations because it was so much fun. So where do you want to go next? I was asking people in the Facebook group, 
where our next boss vacation should be. And part of me after this weekend was like, maybe we should just always do it in New Orleans. I was thinking, or maybe one of them a year. Like, that can just be, like, our tradition. I was thinking that because I love New Orleans. And everyone loved it. Everyone loved it so much. And there were tons of people that were there for their first time, which thank you for letting me pop your Nola cherry. Um, <laughs> and there were so many people who had been there before and were so excited to go back. I Again, I feel like... I feel like the woo magic in New Orleans is so real and thick <laughs> that it would be a really great. I, I would not hate doing it there again. Um, but I also love the idea of being boss being the platform that allows us both to travel to new and exciting places twice a year as well. All of our bosses to travel yeah. to new places. So Something that keeps coming up for me is the Pacific Northwest. I just feel drawn to it. I get it. Let's go. All right. (laughs) Where exactly are we going? Well, I mean, probably either Seattle or Portland. I like that. But I'm feeling Seattle. Good. I'm game. Uh, We were up there, you know, this summer, crazy road trip, and... Um, Pacific Northwest was one of the regions we did not get to be in near as much as we wanted to be. Um, I am a million percent game to do that. I'm also super feeling though, and if we do this twice a year, some other cities that I'm really feeling right now are Miami. I've never been. Me neither. I would love to do that. Me too. Yeah. Um, Moab was one of mine. I think, I think the desert would yeah. be pretty amazing. Yeah, I forgot that you had said Moab because I was thinking Sedona, but I think I like the idea of Moab. So maybe if it's not a city that we can go explore, maybe it's like a cool. It's thing. still the desert. Yeah. It's still, I, I maybe we should do like nature city, <laughs> like one each every year. I think I think the opportunity op, blah, blah blah blah. I think the opportunities for me to speak are um <laughs> needing to improve. But um I think the opportunities that we have doing this and knowing everyone had such a great time because again, the feedback that I have received has been overwhelmingly loving. And like we had our issues and this was our first event. And I was telling someone the other day like if this was a wrong, like if if this was the one that we that, you know, started us off and probably wasn't our best. It was so right that like, I'm really looking forward to what the next ones come to. Um, And using it, using it as something where we can just go and see awesome things and connect with people and experience the magic all over the world. You know, this is, this is a point that I actually wanted to make to any boss listening. I never went to school to learn how to throw events I never went to school to learn how to podcast. I never went to school to learn how to blog. I never went to school for anything except graphic design and print production. And look which at what I you're doing now. Do. I know, exactly. So, But I just want to say that you don't have to have all the training in the world to do the things that you want to do. You will figure it out. Well, and, and I want to point out here that I did go to school to do this. Like did? I did that crazy geography degree that I have. Yeah, I had multiple classes in tourism and national parks and cultural geography and all of these things that now I am getting to use in the most roundabout, messed up way on the planet. 
These are things that I went to school for and totally interest me endlessly, but I'm doing it in the most non-traditional way possible. <laughs> and that said, we're still hiring an event planner. Yes, I did it. Thank you, Degree, for giving me the skills to make this first one amazing. I'm happy to hand it off real soon. So if any of you bosses listening are event planners and would like to help us out, shoot us an email. Yeah. Throw it out there. That was another thing that kept asking or that kept coming up was um, how to hire. And we should maybe do an entire episode on that. But um, I like hiring people who are already supporting what I'm doing. So putting a call out on Instagram or a shout out on this podcast. I like hiring that way. I agree. Agreed. All right, so we'll probably figure out the specifics about our next vacation as soon as possible. I would say that we'll probably let people know within the next month. Oh, certainly within the next month. And make sure you're on our email list. Like, those are the people that will hear about it first. So go to lovebeingboss.com, sign up for our newsletter, and go ahead and join our Facebook group, too. Because, again, we, we shouted out the other day asking people's um, suggestions for cities. And, and, I mean, they are our people. So if you're not in that group, go there, and you can you can be tapped for info as well. Um. We talked a little bit about size and we're going to get some more feedback. We're doing a survey for our bosses at Winola to just see um, about things about pricing and size and all of that. But I think we agree that 75 is a really good size because it's not too big, but also big enough that a lot of people can meet a lot of different people. So um, I think that it will probably sell out again pretty fast and that we are going to open it up to our newsletter subscribers first. So again, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Yeah, I thought it was a fun size. Um, I'd be interested. I'm interested to see how that survey comes back. The end. <laughs> <laughs> end thought. End thought. Um, what else about New Orleans? Um, or about what you learned about yourself there? I think... Oh, two things. We talked about clarity of purpose in our masterclass, which yay for those people for getting like to do that. That was the first time Kathleen and I have ever done anything live like that. And it was so much fun. And the conversation was really great. Like the masterclass was awesome. So, so know that it wasn't just booze and beads, but it was also like boss conversations that were planned and legit. Um, But one of the things we talked about was clarity of purpose where, okay, where you came out with the fact that your clarity of purpose is how is, is helping people be themselves a hundred percent. Right. Which I think was hysterically culminated in your story of how you tried out for America's Next Top Model. Like I'm pretty sure so many of your life events culminated to that moment, like I'm so glad I was able to put you in front of 75 people so you could share that crazy ass story. (laughs) And that was on our last episode, the live from Nola episode. So go listen to that to to hear Kathleen tell a story that she has wanted to tell like that for a really long time. (laughs) Sure. Well, it's a story that I tell all the time in real life to my friends, and it's it's a great story, really great. She catwalked down the middle of our of our live podcast recording that actually happened. Um, 
but then so mine being the idea of 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 helping people do what they love and it was something that came up for me multiple more times i would say get paid to do what they love too yes to yes absolutely getting paid to do what they love that's that's how i help them but it really is a drive for people to understand that they can get paid doing what they love so that they should pursue it and it was something that i noticed several times about or t- several times talking to people during the trip is literally just watching people light up whenever they're talking about the thing that they're actually passionate about. So there was a couple of times I was talking to people who had side or like their side hustle was a thing that they were passionate about and they'd be talking about their job, which is usually what they opened up with. But then whenever I asked them like what they wanted to do and they lit up talking about those things, it was just sort of like a reaffirmation that, that this is what I should be doing. And like, both making people light up that way, but also recognizing that it in them is a skill that I have that I look forward to exercising. Yeah, I was talking to um, a boss named Lauren at the Fresh Books Mixer, actually, which was the night before everything really started. The the place where I met the spy. Anyway, oh, I was right. <laughs> the spy. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we still may or may not get on the show. I did save his card. So so anyway, um, I was talking to Lauren, who is a creative entrepreneur, and she can do lots of things like lots of us can, but what she was really passionate about was art. But she didn't know, should I have two websites? Should I maybe position myself as both? And But then she started talking about art and it was clear that's where her energy was. And just to be able to be there and mirror back to her, okay, whenever you talk about art, you light up. Like it's obvious that that is a thing. Why don't you put your energy there and see how it goes? And she was like, uh, yeah, you're right. Duh. You know, it's just, (laughs) I think being able to have someone to hear your words and for you to speak to and to hear what you're actually saying is so important. So Anyway, and, and I've been reading, like I said, Big Magic, and it's not that you have to, one of the things that Elizabeth Gilbert says in there is that her dad is very practical and voted for Reagan twice and, um, and worked as an engineer, but then he also just did what he wanted to do, and he lived a creative life by starting a Christmas tree farm or getting a couple of goats and bringing them home in the Ford Pinto, and he kind of folded these side projects and these this creativity into his life so again I don't think that you have to sacrifice everything to follow your art it doesn't have to be painful and it doesn't have to make you broke but um, if you have energy around something and whenever you speak about it you get excited follow that thing see where it goes yeah I agree with that I think that um I, I think that one of the things that I've realized more this summer and sort of I guess ended no, it did not end with New Orleans, but came to, I don't know, that I realized, period, <laughs> is, is that is that life is just as much of a hustle as work is. And I feel like that's something that creative entrepreneurs, no, entrepreneurs, period, have sincere struggles with is this idea that you get to hustling this work, like this this work that you're doing one way or the other. And you hustle life too. Like we did the trip, we did our, um, we bought a house, 
we um we started painting this house like we have hustled out life just as much as we've as we've hustled out work and for me this trip was a crazy blend of life and work where the two separate things came together in a weirdly seamless way um so like on that same thread it's it's not just about like hustling out the work stuff it's about putting that sort of passion and drive behind your life as well and occasionally blending them in such a messy way that magic simply happens (laughs) yeah i love that one of the things that I started thinking about a lot, especially since having a baby and being so tired all the time is that doing fun stuff takes energy and it takes work. It takes just as much work to do fun stuff as it does to build a business or anything else. So do more fun stuff. Like that was, there was a huge playful element in New Orleans. And I think that a lot of bosses don't take the time to play as much as they should. Oh, I know. Playing is important. And again, it's something that I've learned in this idea of balancing like life hustle with work hustle. I mean, just just the other day, David and I were like, we have to plan a mandatory lazy day, which is which is a thing at our house. We're like, we have to plan out one day where we do nothing and just sort of like recoup and rest. But it's something we have to plan out. Um And we just watch Netflix all day or whatever. But like that fun is just as much of a hustle. And so like I hear, I've heard some negativity around this idea of like, oh, screw the hustle. Like you just want everyone to overwork and whatever. Like, no, hustle is just what happens when you're getting shit done. Like, and you can do it in a bad way so that you're not taking care of yourself. But you can do it in a way that you're making sure that everything that you need is completely taken care of from rest to travel to getting your clients shit done and all of that stuff. I think that I think that a good life hustle, balancing out your work hustle and planning for fun and lazy and all of those things is how you create a really balanced like life. Balance takes work too, and it's not something that I'm going to apologize for. Hmm. Snap. Snap. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Um, a few years ago, I thought a lot about, I was thinking a lot about work-life balance, which is funny because I was talking so much about work-life balance before I had a baby. And I'm not saying that if you don't have a baby, you don't struggle with work-life balance. Like probably in some ways having a baby has thrown me into the life part more. Anyway, like whenever I didn't have a baby, I could just work 80 hours a week and it was no big deal. But now I've got this little human demanding my attention. Anyway, all of that to say, I was thinking a lot about work-life balance a few years ago. And one of the things I thought about was balance versus alignment. And um, if I can get aligned with what it is that I'm doing and my own clarity of purpose, it makes the balance so much easier. Yeah. It's important. It, it, we should probably just have a whole gab vest about that. <laughs> I know. Um Because I think there's so many important things there. And I feel like I almost feel like the conversation is a little one-sided sometimes. But but for me, New Orleans was a place where I understood um, or became aware of a whole other level of balance in my life. And, And it's something I've worked my ass off for. Like so many hours, so many days, not always mindfully, which is nice that things sort of culminated to be this, um, without me even necessarily knowing it was happening. 
But again, I think it is one of those things still going back to a conversation earlier where you just sort of like say the wish out loud and like you years ago, we wanted to have a really great networking and like amazing event with people that were our tribe. And we said it four years ago, we won't, we launched it and it wasn't ready yet, but it still happened. And so I, I, that's a good point I think to do too is, um, you know, you make these plans for things and timing is the hardest piece of the puzzle. Oh, I've been thinking about timing so much lately. Yeah. Like you can make these wishes and you can, you can set goals and you can do the work and, and we're still all a slave to time. And so it's one of those things like time is going to pass anyway. Just do the work and see what comes of it. Um, and don't get discouraged if you don't get the things as quickly as you want. I was going to say, like, there's also, when it comes to time, this element of patience that I have a really hard time with. Yeah, I do too. That's a hard one for me as you well. You know, earlier when I was talking about living in a more spiritual and faithful way, I think for me, a lot of that has to do with patience for the things I want to actually manifest. Because... I found now, I mean, imagine if the thing that we had done four years ago had been a success, it would not have been as magical as New Orleans no. was this weekend. Like, I don't think we were ready for it. No. And I don't think that the the idea or the project itself was ready to be manifested I yet. don't even think that the community as a whole was ready for it. Like, and, and not that, not that, you know, the same people aren't following us now as they were then, because there are a lot of those people. But I think that it's just, I think that doing business online, like the way we're doing it has come even so far in the past couple of years that it's, it simply would not have been anywhere near the same event. Um, and may have been so horrible. We never would have done one again, sort of thing. So, um, it wasn't meant to happen and it didn't, and it made room for this one to be even better than we could have ever imagined then, let alone now. I think a sincere round of appreciation <laughs> is certainly necessary for for making New Orleans happen. I think that even with those that schooling, <laughs> I never could have done this without my team by any means between between you know Corey who does our our podcast editing David who made sure that we had money <laughs> the entire time and kept us really updated on how things were going there um and then Chris who came with us and helped me like box up tons of swag and um and take care of us the entire time and then you guys brought Caitlin who was amazing I fell in love with Caitlin on this whole other level. She's <laughs> on great. That trip. I mean, I She's feel like so Caitlin and Chris were machines for us. They were they amazing. Were so. And amazing. then, of course, having Tara there was so crucial. It was so good, and I was so excited for all of our bosses to meet Tara. <laughs> I love Tara. Yes, I and I had so many people come up to me and say like how unex not not unexpected it was that they liked Tara so much, but how like surprised and excited they were that Tara really is as great as she is. And I'm always like, I know she's she's the best. We so, need to have um, her on the show. I completely agree. Well, and she's she's on the last episode, the one the live podcast where you are telling your <laughs> America's next. I talk. had her help me tell that story. <laughs> but then also a huge, huge thank you just to our entire being boss tribe. Yes. And our sponsors, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting for sponsoring the drinks, the masterclass, and the podcast. 
Um, and then our ongoing podcast, Acuity Scheduling, bought all of our bosses a drink as well. And then all of our swag contributors, I cannot believe how amazing it all was. So I just want to um, list them out again here, including Laura Palmer, Simon and Ruby, Kind Snacks, Poor and Pretty Apothecary, Creative Root, Tumbleweed Apothecary, Delicious Skin, Cognity, Christina Capello, Wild Roots Apothecary, Christy Alstalet, and El Sage Designs. Just so much good swag. It was incredible. I agree. I also want to throw in Ginger Tonic Botanicals in there. Oh, yeah. As well as Eleven and West, who collaborated with us to do the calligraphy mugs that we um, that we gave to the bosses as well. Thank you so much to all of our bosses, to our listeners, to the whole tribe. We're kind of smitten with you guys. Absolutely smitten. <laughs> well, we will be keeping you guys updated on where we're going next and when that will be and all the details. So just be sure to sign up for our newsletter for more information. And uh, yeah, that's all we got. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find show notes for this episode at lovebeingboss.com. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on our website, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Did you like this episode? Head on over to our Facebook group by searching Being Boss in Facebook to join in on the conversation with other bosses or share it with a friend. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. That's a, a good place. I don't at. have anything else to say. <laughs> Kevin, you always have more to say.